Welcome to episode 134 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. I'm Ty, and you can find me folding only the finest tinfoil hats on Twitter at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is Chris. Where can we find you disabling your location services, Chris? No, I'm all in. I'm all, I want them to, to invade my brain at CD Villasenor on the Twitter. Yeah, you're just opening yourself up to yeah. all possibilities. Yeah, why not? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, just just send those just send those radio waves into my brain and make me do all kinds of crazy shit. I'm down for it. Okay. Well, this week we learned we're going to have little choice but to welcome at least one true QAnon believer into the House of Representatives come 2020, courtesy of the great state of Georgia. So Chris and I are going to be opening our third eyes and diving into the world of conspiracy theories. The true thing is out there. In segment one, we'll explore the true meaning of sunny day sweeping the clouds away as we uncover the truth behind Sesame Street. And in segment two, we'll go beyond Jay-Z and Beyonce and the Illuminati for some musical conspiracy theories. And finally, we'll add a bit of local flavor as we blow the lid off the missing link and find Bigfoot. Beyond the buzzer, we'll pause for dad jokes of the week before heading to the OT for my nutshell explanation on why unregulated capitalism is bad, even if your only interest in economics is self-interest. Interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. But before we get to it, Chris, I hear you're back on the driving lessons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, we're back to driving lessons, and and so I'm, I think I mentioned this before that we're dri- I'm driving around with my my daughter now. She drives everywhere. When of course the biggest pain in the ass in this whole particular thing is the fact that I have to adjust my seat all the time now. And if you and and if you have your own car, like you know how it's like putting on that that nice that that nice shoe, that old well worn shoe. You sit in your spot. Everything you know, everything's right where it should be. Sure. And has been for many, many years. Yeah. And now it's not. Yeah, that's terrible. Every time I get in the car, it is not, which sucks. This is terrible. It is by far the worst byproduct of this whole driving thing. So It sounds terrible. Oh, my yeah. wife drives the car, and I like forget she's been in my car. And you and jump I, into the car and almost die. Oh. <laughs> it's like, how do you get... She's only like five inches shorter than me. It doesn't feel like the seat should be touching the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter's not big. So yeah. everything is, I mean, I couldn't, I literally could not get into my car if I didn't readjust everything. Mm-hmm. But it's, but I have one of those seats. I have an electric seat, right? So it's oh, got I hope so, yeah. 7,000 degrees of motion. Like to get it back to exactly where it was. No ever, memory though? No, it's not that, it's not that nice a car. Yeah, it has, so it has a seven-way power seat, but no memory button. Right, because it's for like a 2013 car, and it's mm. like a mid-level trim. So you know, it was, it was nice enough to, to get. It was a nice enough. It was nice enough to get <laughs> electric seats, but not nice enough to get memory. Yeah, you just didn't think far enough ahead. Yeah, I did not. I seat did not. memory is so critical. Ugh, it's so I, important because, especially now, the cars remember the like the the mirror position. Oh. Man, I, yeah. that would just be obviously that would be the best. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I just, asked, I've asked my wife before. I'm like, why do you feel like you need to like see a whole bunch of our car with the mirror? <laughs> what is what is that helping? <laughs> well, maybe she drives close to stuff. I actually trained myself after reading a car and driver article like years and years ago that said for safety, if you set your mirror to the 
exact point where you can no longer see your car and just train your brain to understand that the edge of the mirror is where your car starts, then you get the widest field of vision. Right. Yeah. You don't have to see. I I'm, here to, I'm I, here to help. I'm, I, do, I do catch a little bit of my car, but mm-hmm. whatever. No, sure. Most people, fun. I think, catch a little bit. But the uh, but yes, and then so I'm gonna tell you, and then so that's the big that's the biggest pain in the ass. <laughs> it's not where I expected this to go. But the second most harrowing aspect of it is the oversteer. Mm. Oversteer is I, I'd rather her understeer than oversteer. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you had to pick, if you were riding around with a buddy, and they either always understteered or oversteered, you would pick the person who understeered all the time. Sure, like, it feels feel, like an easier mistake to correct in the real in real time. I feel like I'm diving into the ditch half the time. Like I figure, like because I'm sitting in the passenger seat of my own car, which I literally have never sat in. Mm, yeah, like the whole time I for the six years, seven years that I owned the car until she started driving it, like I've never sat in the passenger seat. So the fact that 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 I feel like she's diving me into the ditch and. <laughs> And like raking me across the guardrails, like is is brutal. I bet she's getting better, but it's still it's still not quite a it's not a kind of a ride where you can just sit back and relax, like whip your phone out and like start like sure. like you know doing social media while she's driving. You gotta like pay. You have to drive with her, except you have no control of the car. <laughs> you have to you have to be as alert as a driver is, but you can't control the car in any way, shape, or form. It's, yeah. It's been it's it's been it's been a it's been a real experience, and I'm sure that others have done this, and um, and I feel for you, and I feel for my own parents who had to deal with me learning to drive because it really is difficult. I remember when I was learning to drive, like I was not very tall, as I remain not very tall, <laughs> but even less tall. Yes, <laughs> at 16, 15. and I remember my stepdad taking me to drive, and we lived on this treacherous mountain road (laughs) which actually ultimately served me really well like i learned to drive in extremely difficult conditions so i feel very confident now in pretty much all scenarios um but i remember asking him i'm like well well how you know i was asking like i remember asking like a perspective question like well how do you see this how do you guide the car like this he's like well you can see the hood and i'm like i can't see the hood (laughs) and he kind of like ducked down next to me and he was like oh well i don't know what to tell you Right, like, my whole my whole driving philosophy is based on looking at the hood, and I can't see the hood. Oh, I don't have anything for you. That's pretty much how it went. <laughs> well, thankfully, I can see the hood, and um, and like I said, more adventures in driving. She she is improving, mm-hmm. but it but it doesn't. It is really a test of your 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 patience and all the sort of like nurturing that you can pull together because you just want to sure. yell a lot like oh, yeah. the fuck <laughs> right? you're like, like anyway so that's um, like when my actual dad tried to teach me stick that ended in a fight literally every time <laughs> i was like i just got out i just get i pull out the car and just get out I'm like i'm yeah, not i don't want to hear it you drive the fucking car <laughs> right <laughs> now shift now no i've already no thank god i don't have to teach her how to drive a manual good lord yeah i ended up teaching myself on a manual alone. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go do this on my own in the parking lot. <laughs> I'll just figure it out. Yep. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, well, it was nice, though, because we, you know, my dad lived kind of by an, uh, like an elementary school, and I would go see him in the summer, and so I would just take the car up to the, you know, this big parking lots, right? The elementary school. It's a good uh-huh. place to practice. Yeah. yeah. I learned I learned to drive on a manual transmission as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't driven. I can't remember the last time I drove a manual transmission. When's the last mm-hmm. time you drove one? Uh, what, like... What? I, two and a half years ago, I used to drive. Like my my daily driver was manual for oh. a, number of, a number of years. Oh God, 
Anyway, <laughs> in Seattle traffic, that uh, must suck. But the uh, but I mean, if you were shot and bleeding, I might be able to get you to the hospital with the with a stick. I think I could, as long as it wasn't too hilly. <laughs> I, I remain a skilled driver of all forms. Oh, good for you. That's yeah. like you're like you know, go into baby driver mode and just start yeah. just start lay, laying it down. Yeah, I still have my motorcycle endorsement too. Oh, yeah. Still know yeah. how to pilot a bike. Large trucks, it gets a little hairy. <laughs> like, like not like pickups, but like like not an eighteen wheeler, but like the like a box. The last truck? time I had to drive, yeah, la- like the last time I had to drive like an actual the big moving van. Uh huh. That was that was pretty hairy. You remember my old roommate Marco? Sure. He crashed the moving van into the bottom of the apartment <laughs> building we lived in one time. <laughs> like it was too tall, and he just, just ran the top of it right into the oh. thing. Yeah. All right, well, no conspiracies about driving. None. So let's get in segment number one, talk about Sesame Street. All right, in segment number one, uh, I discovered, um, I don't even know how I came across this. I think that I was just sort of looking for harmless conspiracy theories because I had this, uh, you know, this, well, obviously QAnon is, is in our lives now in a, in a, <laughs> in a dangerous and, and terrifying way. Um, for listeners who don't know, I'm not going to give you the, the QAnon primer. You can find that a thousand other places on the internet. Uh, suffice it to say, it goes all the way back to including lizard people, which is like an old 90s gem. And I think we get to that at some point in the music <laughs> conspiracy I, section. I think we do get into that. Yep. So we'll get there in a minute. But I want to start with Sesame Street because I, it cracked me up. Uh, the first one I saw that I... I, I I, I enjoyed was that Sesame Street is a rehab center for monsters. Like that is this idea that these monsters were once scary. They're now being rehabilitated so that they do not attack children any longer. And to, to some varying degrees of success. Exactly. Like some I of mean, them are, some of them are still somewhat menacing, but they're still, they're still, uh, they're, they're still, uh, they're, they're, they're trying to get it figured out. Well, I mean, one of them is an actual vampire, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he ain't living. He ain't living on Sesame Street drinking drinking rats in the exactly. or, maybe, or maybe he is. Well, related conspiracy theory about uh, Sesame Street is that that the count actually eats the children, and that's one of the reasons that <laughs> that the, the kids turn over so often on Sesame Street is because he's constantly luring them into his counting lair to count, and, and then he kills them. Correct. <laughs> Wait, would they would the would the would the would the powers that be who run Sesame Street allow a, a murderous vampire to like just wouldn't wouldn't you figure that they'd have to they'd have to they take care of him like take him out back and like put a stake in his heart or something? Well, I mean, vampires are known to have the power of the shade, <laughs> where they can get you in their thrall. So he may perhaps he is the ringmaster, a ringleader behind the entire Sesame Street infrastructure. Simply to he basically he's the Blood-sucking Jeffrey Epstein. No, he's more of the Ghislaine Maxwell of Sesame Street in so he, that he's he's organizing all of the children to come. So so this so so Sesame Street is a giant enterprise that is built by the Count. Yes. In order to lure children in. Yes. And then and then and then eat them and then kill them, and yep. then all the people, all the adults are thralls. Yes. As are the monsters. They're Either that or the monsters are like. They're they're just in on it. Like maybe they get scraps. Like he's feeding them, and they're, they're just, he's like, "You got to be nice." They're like the hospitality at Hotel Transylvania. Oh my god! I think it got dark. I think that's. I think that might be true. <laughs> Man, I think we need to put a stop to this. Well, there is also a theory that says that Elmo, 
his actual father. So his father on the show is Louie. <laughs> but that his actual father is Animal from the Muppets, which is based on a, a scene from the Muppets Take Manhattan where Animal chases a shrieking woman out of a college auditorium. So I guess the to rape her. I was gonna say I guess the theory is that that encounter ends in sexual assault. <laughs> Maybe like, he is a rock drummer. I think he's on coke. It was the eighties. I mean, it was the eighties. This not that that excuses the behavior. I just I'm just saying that uh, could be true. I I mean so there are some conspiracy theories that you just dismiss straight out of hand, right? They're just like that's not true. Yeah. I can't believe that. Under any circumstances, I can't believe that. Then there's some that you're saying, you know, okay, that's absolutely true. This one is, if it were true, I would not be shocked. The but animal this, Elmo one? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this woman has animals, Elmo baby, can't deal with it, and then has to take it to Sesame Street and dump it, dump it there. Because where else would you take a half monster baby? Yeah, it's it's... <laughs> I feel bad that I brought this up now. This is a lot like when we did the challenge episode, and I learned uncomfortable facts in real time. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a that's a, that is that I could I'll buy that. And, okay. And on this other on this list, the whole the whole Mister Noodle is in hell. Yeah. Theory is hilarious. Mister Nudo. So Elmo can't speak. Right. He has a speech impediment. Right. Which it feels like after years he should perhaps have overcome. Well, I mean, they, they maybe they're just not they don't they don't really care. Well, to, this, to this Louis, him. he's obviously not doing a good job. And he's lucky he can speak at all if he's animals like son. Well, that's, yeah, he's got the half human DNA. Yeah, right. That gets him over the complete speech impediment that his father has. His, the complete inability to make words. <laughs> well, the, the theory goes that Mister Noodle is in hell. Because he's trapped in a surreal screen where it's it's a window, but is it a TV screen? And it's he can't speak, and no. he has to take orders from a like red furry monster. <laughs> now, my thing about Mr. Noodle was that, as I said, Elmo calls him Mr. Nudo because right. he can't say the word noodle. And that always felt to me like an intentional choice. <laughs> so maybe there's something going on with what Mr. Nudo is doing in the screen for Elmo when we're not around right. such that he's, you know, providing him <laughs> with entertainment, you know, yeah, but, ta- but, but tasteful, but tasteful. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Noodle, that you have to like do that. That's it, it's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> On a lighter note, there is the, the scientific theory about big birds origins. Uh huh. Uh, long-running argument on Sesame Street that Big Bird. What kind of bird is Big Bird? Mm-hmm. Um, he has said that he's a lark. Oscar <laughs> has insisted. I don't know how that works. Oscar has insisted that he's a homing pigeon. Obviously incorrect. Obviously. Uh, but there is convincing evidence mm-hmm. that Big Bird must be an extinct moa, and a moa is a, a species of flightless bird from New Zealand with long necks and stout torsos, and reached up to 12 feet in height. Okay, so his, but his father was a canary? Well, I don't <laughs> know a, what the coloring schemes he's, were. He's a canary moa? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, sure. Why wouldn't he be? Well, that's an extinct species, and it does 
lend it to you know it does lend to the theory that his best friend is uh, appears to be a woolly mammoth right they're prehistoric friends they've been alive forever yes or as they, dave Chappelle would say a junkie <laughs> <laughs> hey bird <laughs> I, you know, I I, th- I think we've covered this before, but my life was better when no one could see Snuffleupagus except for Big Bird. You did bring this up. I don't remember the details. So there's but... so for the longest time when I was growing up watching Sesame Street. Yes. And I think I was watching it in real time because I grew up in the 70s. So I was watching live, like newly created episodes as we went along. For sure. So for the longest time, Snuffleupagus would show up and talk to Big Bird. And then Big Bird would say, hey, come meet my friend Mr. Snuffleupagus. And he'd be gone. Like, Snuffleupagus would have left. And they're like, he doesn't exist. Like, no, he's this giant woolly mammoth. He's my best friend. And people go, Big Bird, we we would have never seen him. And, like, the fact that there was this woolly mammoth roaming Sesame Street that no one else could see. Or no one else. Like, he just was good at avoiding everybody. (laughs) Except for Big Bird. Like, he's Big Bird was the only one he could trust. That happened. That went on for the longest time like my entire childhood run of uh, and at some point i guess they they you know they 1985 in fact i have they, the details on this they brought him into the light yes um are you are you interested in why that decision was made yes so for 14 years he was big bird's imaginary friend right and again i think this lends uh, evidence to the idea that this is a rehab center they don't seem <laughs> that concerned with big bird's visions <laughs> right they humor him right but they don't really believe uh, him right um, and so there was a concern among viewers that uh, there were news about child abuse and that Big Bird being an implausible eyewitness was like teaching children that they could tell somebody that something would happen and the adults would dismiss the claim. Oh, that makes sense. So they sense. felt like they were influencing children to not come forward because adults would say, I've never seen it. Your Uncle Gary's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Uncle Gary. I feel terrible that I said that. It's not him. Sorry, Uncle Gary. Sorry. No, he's awesome. He's one of my favorite people. (laughs) So in 1985, they brought... They they outed him. Yeah, that's that's certainly past my my Sesame Street view. See, I was still right in the prime when they brought Snuffy out. So for for half of my viewing period, Snuffy was imaginary. And then the other half, he was real. Do you know what his first name is? Um, uh, Rick. (laughs) Rick Snuffleupagus? Uh Uh-huh. Aloysius. Aloysius, not Lubigus. Yes. Wow. Nice. The, uh, you know, the, uh, the guy who played Big Bird passed away recently. Like in the last. I did not know that. Like a year and a half or something like that. Like maybe the last 18 months. But his, his performance as a puppeteer is like unmatched, right? He had to like stand inside that, that thing with his arm raised like up. He held the head up. That's why that's why Big Bird's right arm doesn't work, mm. like because the dude's right arm is holding up the head. Right, so his arm's like sewn to his body, right? That's right, he's just always yeah. holding onto his front. Right, yeah. and so the left, so so there's also no way to see out of the out of the puppet costume. Mm-hmm. So they put a little TV monitor in there for him, and he had to act backwards. He could look at the TV monitor of the of what he was doing and basically act in reverse. Of what he was seeing on that TV screen, and he got old, and it was hard to hold up. They had, they had to build him a special arm brace. The guy like taught like total like neck and shoulder problems from puppeteering Big Bird. God, <laughs> it was amazing. There's a there's a great documentary on Sesame Street. But uh, before we let this go, the fact that the theme song contains secret instructions also made me laugh. 
Like you had that, to, like it was, like it was a magical gate that you yes. had to go through, and it was like you had to have it had to be a sunny day, and you had to bring mm-hmm. a broom. <laughs> I, I feel like this one was probably true because the original Reddit vote Reddit post that spelled it out has been deleted. Oh really? Yeah. They don't want because they don't want you going there. That's right. They don't want anybody else coming. Yeah, because the because the count has to kill all those children. Yeah, I'm trying to get control of him. <laughs> Well, the last one I was going to mention is just that uh, the, this list or the, the this list includes that the idea that Oscar's trash can is a TARDIS because when you go in there, there's all this room. Um, I mean, I don't understand why it's that complex. Isn't it clearly just that he has a giant underground lair and that yeah. is simply the, the can is simply the door. The can, and the, but the can moves around, which I which which okay. I would tell you that he just places the can on top of like whatever manhole cover he's come out of. Yeah. It's more he of a was, Ninja Turtle situation. They never, they never say. Did they ever come out and say it? But Oscar the Grouch must smell like just awful, <laughs> right? He must be. He must smell terrible. Well, all the time. not to not to quote Chappelle again, but the, his his take on that is that it was the propaganda to teach kids to hate homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> Get a job, Grouch. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta rewatch that bit. Yeah, uh, I you know what? Maybe I'll uh, I'll grab the audio and, and include it at the end of the episode for our, uh, our listeners so they can hear Dave Chappelle's <laughs> bit on Sesame Street. Tremendous. All right, let's go to segment number two. All right, in segment two, we've got some musical conspiracy theories for you. Um, the first one I think uh, that, that pops up here is that one that everyone knows that Jay Z is in the Illuminati. Can can you can you can you give us like a three minute? Pricey on what it is to be in the Illuminati, what it means to be the Illuminati. Well, now, I, now the Illuminati is going to find us and like, like they're going to, cause they're searching the internet all the time for mentions of their name. And so you want a primer on the Illuminati? Just to, just give our, just give our, give our listeners just a, a, a 60 seconds on, on. Well, which Illuminati. bond movie is it? <laughs> cause <laughs> that's much faster. Um, I mean, the, so there is a, a secret cabal of powerful individuals who meet fortnightly. <laughs> uh, uh, Colonel Sanders, before he went tits up, the Rothschilds, the queen. Uh, yes. Uh, anyway, whatever. There's people that supposedly control everything. Yeah. That, that, that there's a massive global conspiracy to keep us all in our place. And that, uh, and they let Jay, Jay- and they let Jay Z in. Well, he puts up the Diamond Dallas Page symbol, so that means that he's in the Illuminati. So is Diamond Dallas Page in the Illuminati? I assume. <laughs> that would be my conclusion. Got it. Got it. And okay. then there, uh, there is a picture of a man from 1939 who looks like Jay-Z. <laughs> I've seen that picture. They have these time traveler pictures all the time. Of where, sure. Where yeah. they just find an old photo of somebody who looks just like somebody famous and they're like he's a time traveler those are great that's some of my favorite internet content but the uh but jay-z in the illuminati okay he's got a billion dollars he's got an ultra famous wife he's certainly super famous i could i could see where maybe jay-z's pulling some of the strings which is why kanye's so pissed about it that that's why kanye's gone like over the edge because he's like i want to be the president if if jay-z can be in the illuminati and i can't be um then i should just be the president so I get why now I understand Kanye's beef much better. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kanye just looks at Trump and says, "Well, if that guy can do it, 
And if Jay Z and Beyonce are in the Illuminati, she's like, I got a famous wife. She's just as famous as Beyonce. <laughs> I'm well, in Kanye's head. mind, in, I'm 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 channeling Kanye here. Yeah, like I'm in a famous family, as famous, more famous family. I've got kids, and I've got I should be in the Illuminati, but they won't let him in because he's a fucking loon. Well, he has then, like a mental. He has, right. He's his his he's, inferiority complex, and I'm not gonna. Say, I don't want to say you're gonna play like armchair psychologist. Yeah, but his inferiority complex is incredible. Well, it's probably it's what drives him to do all this stuff. Which is, which is, I guess, a positive use of your inferiority complex. I guess. But a lot of people just go and hide in a basement and like never come out. But at least he's like, at least it fuels him in some way, shape, or form. But yes, he's he's obviously clinical. Yeah. Which is which is not something to make fun of, but he's also he's also, yeah. It also makes sense that if Jay Z's in the Illuminati, that that that's also fueling Kanye's Kanye's uh, desire to be more powerful. Other recording artists believed to be members of the Illuminati, Beyonce. Well, sure. Rihanna. No. Kesha. No, is not. David Bowie. Probably was. And Lana Del Rey. Is not. No. I'm not buying that. I'm if there was an Illuminati and you didn't have David Bowie in it, you screwed up. Yeah. That- <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Because he would, wear, he would obviously wear something cool to the Illuminati meetings, too. Yeah. Like he'd probably wear that Jared Goblin King outfit to the, the, uh, from Labyrinth to the, all the Illuminati meetings and people were like, God damn it, Bowie, you're so cool. Well, I was going to bring up, since we brought up lizard people, uh-huh. um, this is, so in 1999, <laughs> British writer and sports broadcaster David Icke published a book called The Biggest Secret. And that is his belief that the majority of the world's political leaders and celebrities are actually a race of reptilian aliens called the Babylonian Brotherhood. This okay. is... Still something that is, like, highly prevalent on the internet 20 years later. Well, yeah. Um, it is part of the QAnon thing. Yes. The lizard people aspect. Uh-huh. Because uh, the other people are Barack Obama, w, George W. Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you have to be a lizard person to be in the Illuminati? I, I, I think there's some high crossover between okay, the, okay. the lizard sure. people and the Illuminati. Sure. There's also there's also a very popular online or very popular streaming series, spoiler alert, that lizard people are involved in. Okay. FYI. I don't know if you're watching this particular series, but those of you who have seen the latest season of it will know what I'm talking about. I must not know what you're talking about. Okay. I'll tell you later off. It's not V. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were just aliens who said who came looking like people. They they were still lizards. Yeah, they, yeah it was obvious. And the pope, also a lizard person. Every pope? No, this pope. Oh, <laughs> specifically. Okay. All right, fine. Too cool. Must be a lizard. Got it. Got it. I love. So that. yeah, I mean, as I far as that. lizard people and Illuminati go, um, I think it's uh, if you are a lizard, like all lizard, it's a square rectangle situation. Got it. Like a, a rectangle is a square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or no, sorry. A square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. So right. all lizard people are in the Illuminati, not all Illuminati members are lizard people. Got it. Got yeah. it. But if you're part of the, if you're part of the, I can't imagine like lizard people not having some sort of like teenage angst and like, I don't want to be, I don't want to secretly rule the world. I just want to like go to, I just want to go to Coachella. Right. I mean, right. I mean, so 
to keep this whole thing like under wraps, what you know, the, there's no way the lizard people could keep this under wraps for since time immemorial. No, right? the way this the way this connects back to music, by the way, is that Chris Christopherson of all people is the <laughs> the, the lizard representation <laughs> musician. Listen, if anybody's a lizard, it ain't. It's 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 Keith Richards. That's is a much better person. theory, right? Chris Christopherson's just like a drunk country guy. I, the, the really th- funny thing to me is that Chris Christopherson, to me, is that guy from the first Blade movie. Like, that's who he is in my head. Like, I don't have a musical relationship with him at all. As, as an actor, I always felt Chris Christopherson was just, oh, well, can we, get, can we get Sam Elliott? No. <laughs> is, is Chris Christopherson available then? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's how I see Chris Christopherson's acting career, really. He's sort of, I know he's older than... Than uh, than Sam Elliott, so mm-hmm. but that's how I feel like that's where his career sort of like in my brain ends up. But obviously a talented guy, probably not talented enough to be a lizard guy. Okay, you'd figure if he was a lizard guy, he'd probably have done better. Maybe I mean maybe you got to you know just just high enough to be influential, but without attracting too much attention is the lizard move. But he's not even influential. Well, he was. <laughs> I, guess he, I guess he had a good career. Also, can he not like upgrade his skin suit? Like he's getting old; <laughs> it's not looking good. Again, you're trying to. So, wait, do they do they die? Do they age and die off, or do they just get a new skin suit and just keep like living, 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 living endless lives? Of well, lizard, why don't so. you go find David Icky on Twitter and see <laughs> what the current situation is? British of the writer population. and sportscaster David Icky. Yes. All right. Oh well, I mean that's not fiction. This this not it's not a fictional book. He wasn't joking. He just wasn't clowning around. I don't know. I'm not like I didn't read it. I'm just aware <laughs> of it. I'm not going to read the lizard people, but I, now I kind of want to. I kind of do want to. So I want to see if it's convincing. It's hard. It's hard enough for me to like read these like during the summertime. It's almost impossible. I never read during the summertime. Yeah. But uh, I can't imagine devoting several nights to a lizard people book <laughs> like the eye rolling just would not stop i'm sure who's the famous atheist author guy which uh, i don't know oh god you don't know all right yeah, i tried to read one of his books look it up look it up while we i go into this last bit about uh, um richard dawkins so, oh richard dawkins yeah. i got about like a quarter of the way into a richard dawkins book and i was like yeah i don't need to read any more of this no. shit <laughs> done we're done with this. So the so the so and so is dead and so and so is alive. Conspiracy okay. theories, right? Like yeah. the Elvis is alive thing. Why like, was that so pervasive? Because I feel like that was like a universal truth people, in pop culture when I was a young person. People don't want their heroes to die, mm. so they make up these stories. Like, oh, we saw him. Yeah, we were. Like, remember how uh, football coach Jerry Glanville used to leave tickets for Elvis at every. That's every, right. I'd forgotten every, about that. Every, yes. Every pro football game, he put tickets on hold for Elvis at every football game he coached, which is hilarious. But the, um, but you know, if Elvis is alive, Elvis liked being famous. I mean, he was obviously tortured by it, but I think he liked, I think he honestly liked performing. It's just the rest of his life was just a drug fueled mess. And, you know, and he, he overdoses and dies, right? You know, it's like, yes, and he, like, the fact that one of their, the fact that one piece of evidence that he's alive is that he's in the background of Home Alone. 
<laughs> I didn't know that until I read this. Leads leads you to think to myself. Elvis would not be like what did Christopher Columbus just reach out to like he knows Elvis he knows yeah. where Elvis is hey Elvis you know it'd be you know it'd be really cool is if we did this you know scene in this airport and you were just like hanging around in the back <laughs> and Elvis then agrees to this with a beer just for just for the hell of it <laughs> just for the hell of it it's like uh mm, no and then like the whole McCartney's dead is an old one which mm-hmm. an old, a classic one but the Andrew W K is dead and it just keeps getting replaced by some other guy yeah and that will always have andrew wk's <laughs> <laughs> like until we're until until time immemorial again till, well i would assume that that's time. why the, the yeah that's why the lizard people can't get a new skin suit because they're using all their efforts to make a new andrew wk <laughs> <laughs> by the way party hard still is on one of my playlists and when it comes on i have to turn the volume up in my car all the way it's a great song it is one of the all-time best rocking out in your car songs ever it just it kills it's just you know three minutes of just bliss yeah i can hear you on the the people don't want their heroes to die because i definitely believe that tupac like i held out hope that tupac wasn't actually dead for a long time i did we i know we hit the buzzer but i did want to close with one conspiracy theory that i actually believed for a while um and that's that beyonce was never pregnant in her first pregnancy yeah because there is that clip on oprah where it sure looks like as she sits down, she has to like fold the prosthetic. It, <laughs> it's super weird looking. Is all I'm saying. Look, that, I mean, I so I thought about that too, and and it could be that she was pregnant. The bump wasn't like dramatic enough, and uh-huh. so they patted her up a little bit so she would look more pregnant. Okay. And so for dramatic effect, like so when she came out, people would be like, "Whoa, Beyonce, look how pregnant you are." You know what I mean? Yeah, perhaps. So that's kind of how I felt about that. The one, the one conspiracy theory on here that I believe wholeheartedly that does isn't on here is that Stevie Wonder can see. Oh, yeah, that's not on here. I see. Is it Bomani that does that? Bomani that does Wonder that. Can see? But then Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal, last year on on NBA on TNT. T- tells a hilarious Stevie Wonder story. So Stevie Wonder it lives in this building where Shaq lives when uh, when he's doing the show, when he's uh-huh. doing the NBA. Because you know, obviously, you can't travel back and forth or whatever. It's just too big of a pain in the ass because they work late and all this other stuff. So he's got this condo place to live. Stevie Wonder lives in that building. So so Shaq says he goes. He, one day he, he's going back to his apartment or like he's coming back to the the condo or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's there. He, he's standing next to the elevator. The elevator opens up. It's Stevie Wonder's inside. Without saying anything, Stevie Wonder goes, what's up, big guy? And Shaq tells this story on, 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 T- on, the, NBA, on the NBA show on TNT. And everyone is crying. Like, <laughs> like, everyone on that, that set is fit to be tied. It is a great story. I think Stevie Wonder can see. Well, there's a difference between being like blind and all the way blind right like you could be blind and not like legally blind and still be able to make out shapes right but but maybe Shaq stinks (laughs) but stevie wonder obviously is basically the fact that he is blind i you think he's you you think so you think it's it's that i mean i no there's another there's another hilarious video from some award show so stevie wonder singing with a choir of famous people and this person walks around like 
somebody either walking kind of in front of him and around him, and they knock this mic stand over. Oh, yeah, and he catches it. And he catches it. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which obviously, regardless of how blind he may be, he's not blind. I don't, yeah, I'm with you. Anyway. I'm sorry. I misstated, by the way, that the Beyonce thing happened on Oprah. I don't know why I thought that. I'm looking at this, and there was a show called Sunday Night, and I actually went and looked up the clip because I wanted to see whether I still believe this. Uh-huh. And now that I've watched it up close, it's pretty obvious she's just wearing a maternity dress, and as she leans forward to sit down, there's a lot of extra material in the front of the dress. Got it. That then gathers. Yeah. Uh, anyway. anyway. I can, I can I believe can, it for a while, though. I can believe, I can believe that may, perhaps they were trying to trying to amp up the pregnancy. Well, sure. I mean, it's it's not like unheard of to have yeah. a, a, a surrogate, but I, I don't understand why you would feel the need to well hide because it, because if if it were true like if she had us if she had a surrogate because she didn't want to ruin her body mm-hmm. with by having a child and she faked the entire pregnancy i wouldn't shock me like if that were true i'd be like yeah i'd, I'd buy that right, it wouldn't exactly. i wouldn't surprise me it's right. like the the uh, the mike mike tyson theory for you old old school simmon fans it's like what wouldn't you believe like that's right. the that's the that's the deal well, I mean, when you're in the Illuminati, and you can get anything done. <laughs> Why would you carry your own children? Seems 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 like a no-brainer. All right, let's go to segment three. In segment three, we've got some Bigfoot updates for you. Um, I am a big, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm not a believer in Bigfoot. Uh, I like the idea of Bigfoot. Like, I enjoy the Bigfoot legend. <laughs> I enjoy that it's also tied to the Northwest where we live, even though Bigfoot has supposedly been seen in like all 50 states. It does feel like a particularly Northwest. And I know that there's, there's one piece of evidence or evidence, evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Air quote that. Yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, that, that really ties it to the Northwest, which is the one I was going to open with, which is that the government secretly removed burned up Sasquatch corpses from Mount St. Helens after the eruption in 1980. <laughs> You know, I have to say, there is a definite aspect of eyewitness testimony that sort of disappeared once everyone had a camera in their pocket all the time. Right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like in the, so when I was growing up, so in the 70s, Bigfoot was was very prevalent. It was a very prevalent type of you know legend that gets told. And I got to be honest with you, it freaked me out. Like Bigfoot freaked you oh, out. Yeah. yeah, I was freaked out by this whole legend of Bigfoot. You know, when you're six or seven years old and you you watch an hour program on Bigfoot and you know they have all that. Remember that famous footage, that grainy black and white footage where sure. it's, it's it's I think it's been proven fake now, but back either when way, I, I mean, I always thought it was, was just somebody in a suit. But when I was seven, <laughs> when I was seven years old, and well, we had to grow up dumb because we only had like five TV stations, right? I mean, so if it was on TV, you're like, oh, fuck. Like that's that's like, and so Bigfoot <laughs> messed me up for a good long while. Like I was I was scared of the the aspect of th- that there might be Bigfoot around. Yeah, because like, yeah. you know I grew up in a small town. There's like woods near my house. Like maybe Bigfoot was like in the woods near my house. That's yeah. It was it was not good. But uh, I've been to I've been to nearby that ape go- ape canyon and hike ape caves have you ever hiked ape caves at no the, no at, i have not mount st helens it's so much fun there's like a big lava tubes that you can hike through it's really it's it's quite it's quite good but i didn't know that they named them after the fact that there were bigfoot around there <laughs> would you still have gone ancient ancient peoples named it ape cave because they knew what apes were 
Because Native Americans do what apes were. They're just like, oh yeah, that's an ape. <laughs> <laughs> Why were there apes in North America? They're no, they're not. There's no apes. Native Americans wouldn't have known what apes were. Yeah. Anyway, that's the joke. Supposed ape man sightings since the twenties in Mount St. Helens. So somebody we both know and both worked with. Oh yeah, I knew this was gonna come up. <laughs> is very much a a Sasquatch believer. You like, think he's full on believer? I had at one point a 90 minute conversation with him about it and he is fully bought in like oh, okay. he, like he like they they go on excursions they track them they they can smell them they hear them moving they hear like bunches of them moving through the brush mm-hmm. I'm like really like why didn't you take pictures of them this is the this is like why doesn't somebody rush in there with a why doesn't somebody take like an infrared camera or like a heat camera, anything would do anything. Right. will Anything to convince me other than we smelled them and heard them. I was like, you know, we have technology. Yeah. We have night vision. We have, there are many, many ways you could capture. I mean, so maybe, I don't know, man, he seemed very bought in. And they, well, every and like, once in a while he would post something about it on Facebook. Uh-huh. And anytime he did that, when I was still in those parts, I would sort of comment in a in a in a supportive way. Oh yeah, so I was very much encouraging. Because you wanted more, you wanted more Bigfoot content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Plus, God. again, I like I said, I like the idea of, of of Bigfoot being a thing that exists. I think that you know, for me, Harry and the Hendersons was a situation where I was like, that seems like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> that Lithgow handled that very well, um, but uh, I would not have handled that that well at all. Well, especially since they're rumored to potentially sodomize domestic cows. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we have this legend of this, I don't know, ape man, hybrid human. Perhaps Neanderthal. Perhaps a Neanderthal, like some missing link. Yes. And and then we add to the legend that they 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 fuck cows. I mean <laughs> I mean, is this really what we're doing to this poor legend of a thing? It's like, why why would you do that to this? I mean, I know why country boys do it, (laughs) but, but does, but does Sasquatch have to have sex with the cows? Well, he's too big for a sheep. (laughs) All the sheep are exploded. All the sheep are dead. I don't know. It's, it just seemed, it just seemed a step over the line for me. Like if you're making up if you're making up legend of Sasquatch, like you know they travel in family packs, you know they're oh they're very they're very savvy, they know how to avoid people, and then they have sex with cows. <laughs> like wait what wait what? Well, there was a, a cryptozoologist who said he once had a lighthearted or he lightheartedly wondered aloud if if ten percent of the Bigfoot population, much like the Homo sapien population, might be gay. You'd be. Not shocked to hear that he got hate mail for calling Bigfoot gay. <laughs> Identity politics. In, right. How in, dare in, you? How, how dare, dare you? How dare you? How dare you make uh, Sasquatch is gay? Must have been famous baseball broadcaster Tom Brenneman. <laughs> That's timely. That's a, yeah, very timely. Anybody on the internet today. But um, What was that guy doing? I don't. I just. I just don't know. What's it's just hilarious. This is let's what, let's apply what we know about ourselves and let's just apply that to the this legend of Sasquatch. It's like 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's so just, it's crazy. The next question that comes up for this cryptozoologist, which is not a thing I knew existed until okay. very recently. <laughs> um, I assume that this, you know, studying fossil records and such. Yes. I don't know. I, 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 uh, anyway. So if their Sasquatch exists, why don't we ever find a dead Sasquatch, right? Why don't we ever discover a body? And so uh-huh. the, the, the theory is that they are advanced enough to actually bury their dead. Right. And that there have been potential sightings of Bigfoot burials in progress. Got it. <laughs> and what do you think about that? Anything you think Bigfoot is burying their dead? Yeah, because not a single, there's no like single Bigfoot who just like up and died. Like, like, even people like just die in the middle of nowhere and yes. we find them years later. <laughs> They're burying all their dead. They're 100% accounted for. It's crazy. By the way, I decided to look up cryptozoology. It is defined as a pseudoscience. Okay. <laughs> and a subculture that aims to prove the existence of entities from the folklore record, such as Bigfoot, the Chupacabra, or the Mokeli Membe. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the Mokeli Membe is, huh? Uh-uh. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the um, yeah, I guess, you know, it's funny how how when you try to take a legend like Bigfoot mm-hmm. and you try to like say, okay, he's real. And then the, the sort of the mental gymnastics you have to do <laughs> to make reasons why we haven't encountered them. Like people, people have, people have traversed nearly every inch of North America, like at least continental United States, like the lower 48 there. I got to imagine there's very little space that human beings have not covered in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And At this s- point, yeah. And to say that like, this made a lot more se- this probably made a lot more sense in like 1900, right? Like yeah. You get these Wendigo type of like legends. Big get out legends. in the forest where there isn't anything. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh God, my so and so died. It must. It came out of nowhere, and it was this giant Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 it killed. It killed Zeke. Right, and then like you know, and then, but now, like in modern, like in modern day America, you've got to do some pretty, you got to do some pretty heavy, 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 um, you know, mental gymnastics to uh, to try to say why we haven't encountered one in any way, shape, or in any meaningful way other than footprints. Come on, yes. Well, you you have to assume that the original Bigfoot legend is most likely, like. I don't know, a deranged hunter who killed a bear, strapped on that skin, and then hunted people at night. <laughs> yeah. Like just some guy, right? Just out there, like, sure. serial killing back in, like, 1850. Sure. And, like, I think maybe even so, there might even be Native American... There might even be Native American legends associated with, with you know, again, things we can't explain, killing people in the woods. Like, just like a UFO, like, sometimes it's just, it's just unidentified, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you identified it, it probably wouldn't be something so extreme as a race of humanoids living amongst us that we can't ever see ever. Right. <laughs> you know, we mentioned that the sightings obviously dropped off when everyone had a camera phone. Right. But, and not to start a new conversation, but how did we go from it? We're pretty sure that there is no alien abductions to actually the government says that we had, there's crafts in the sky that we don't have any <laughs> idea what they are. <laughs> <laughs> that was a huge leap. 
It is. It's, concer- it's concerning. It is concerning. I don't, I have that whole, all that footage and like, oh, that's real footage. Oh, we've confirmed that that footage is actual. It's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't no. know. I don't This is This is the part. This is like, this is just us being gaslit like crazy by everyone like everyone's yeah. like every if if they can confuse you enough if they can if they can just fill your head full of enough like there I'm might sure. be aliens there's bigfoot there's no bigfoot oh there might be bigfoot like you know <laughs> all of a sudden it's like i think i saw a bigfoot like oh shit now i don't know what i'm doing i'm like I'm, i and now i now i forgot to vote i don't know the whole thing is just, <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused by all this extra you know all this extraordinary cryptozoology sure. Yes. That uh, that I, I forgot I had a civic duty. Well, Mokele Mbembe is African Loch Ness monster. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah yeah exactly. So Loch Ness monster, like of course, like yeah, like you could. I, that's I, see this. The world is more fun when it has a little magic in it, right? Yeah. Like when you're a kid and like Loch Ness monster was a thing that you just assumed was real. Yeah. Because there was a picture. Right. <laughs> then a weird neck. Right. Like, again, when I I think I'm the sweet spot for this because when I was a kid, like a eight year old, seven eight year old kid in the '70s, mm-hmm. we didn't have access to any real, like, actual information. <laughs> you had Encyclopedia Britannica that was like 14 years old. I mean, you, you didn't have the internet. Like today, you tell a kid, like I tell my kid, like, hey, there's a lock this monster. They'd be like, you're fucking out of your mind. <laughs> right, but when, much, I was, yeah. but when I was a kid, I'd be like, "Whoa, yeah. you know, there's like a dinosaur living in this lake in Scotland." Plus, you see those commercials for a current affair with Marino Dowd. She'd be on there like <laughs> a, a stirring update on a Loch Ness monster right. coming up next. For me, it was Kathy Lee Crosby on That's Incredible with Fran Tarkenton and John Davidson. How's that for? How's that? OG Mori Povich on a current affair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's for it for our conspiracy theories. Please share with us your favorite conspiracies that you either maybe believe a little bit, wish were true, or and not like the shitty ones, like the government, you know, experiments on our, their own people. We know these things. Are true. <laughs> those those are absolutely <laughs> yeah. true. Like for sure, in the fifties, they were dropping germs and bugs and every other goddamn thing on us. Like on small towns in the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. So let's keep it whimsical and and maybe not so much like the count is a serial pedophile murderer anyway on that note you know what time it is now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh ready ready dad jokes of the week woo okay we, we have some some worthy contenders here this week this is not one of them <laughs> i took my family on vacation in philadelphia and we went to see the liberty bell it was a huge disappointment not all it's cracked up to me hmm. I've been going to the gym a lot lately, working out on the stationary bike. It's not getting me anywhere. Uh, I will have the bacon and eggs, please. How do you like your eggs? How should I know? I haven't gotten them yet. It's just like a like a right. 1940s stand-up joke. <laughs> right. Why do dentists seem moody? Because they always look down in the mouth. <laughs> okay. Did you hear about the karate champion who joined the military? The first time he saluted, he nearly killed himself. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> I recently watched Ip Man 4, you know, Donnie Yen movies, uh-huh. Ip Man. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's about uh, Chinatown in the 60s. 
60s, maybe 50s, 60s. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he has a conflict with the American military. He has to beat uh, a Marine up or an Army sergeant up uh-huh. to prove that Chinese Kung Fu is more powerful than karate. <laughs> oh, well, all right. <laughs> it wasn't as good as the other Hitman movies. <laughs> seems, seems like we're out here to Hitman 4 and things are getting a little like... It was a stretch. Like content is getting a little hard to come by. Because Hitman 1 and 2 are awesome. Yeah. And I don't have a good memory of 3. Anyway, why do grasshoppers not attend baseball games very often? Because they prefer cricket matches. <laughs> and finally, how does a physicist exercise? By pumping ion. <laughs> By pumping ion? Yeah. Very I tried nice. to do the Arnold thing there. That was very nice. There is something like... I tried to work it around, work it around so that like when, when Arnold first came to America, people thought he was a physicist because he wouldn't stop talking about pumping ion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. By the way, sidebar on the, the whole, the whole um, early Arnold Schwarzenegger video talking about how... How how actually working coming out everywhere like, like sex like yeah. it's better than sex it's better than sex I feel like I'm coming all the time. God, yes, Arnold, what about it? Arnold's a, Arnold's a you're absolute, just bringing it up for the sake of bringing it up. Arnold's an absolute gem. I'm sorry, I, the guy can do no wrong in my in my. I mean, obviously he's done wrong things, but I forgive Arnold for all of his shortcomings as a as a person because okay. I I just think he's I just think he's great. <laughs> All right, here's so here's my <laughs> I I'm actually a little disappointed in myself because I'm oh. giving you I'm giving you a little like basically calendar type fodder. This is calendar type fodder. So weak? It's weak. Okay, all right, all right what do you got? I named my dog Rolex. He's a watchdog. What? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> What are you doing? I don't know. That. Why would you I'm even writing, tell that joke? I'm writing a cal- I'm writing calendar material. This is it's all. I mean, I forgot. I'd say I was just. I couldn't come up with anything. Why Rolex? Why it could have been Seiko, Timex, Citizen? Because he's a nice dog. He's a. I didn't, he's a, he's not one of those. Sh- you know, like a shitty dog. He's a nice dog. He's a, a fancy watchdog. Yeah, he's fancy. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> that's Let's go to the overtime. Overtime. All right, in the overtime, I had one final conspiracy theory for you. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just really. Comes from the fan theory, the, the Reddit fan theory board, um, and it's about a knight's tale. So I wanted to share it with you because I know how much you love a knight's tale. <laughs> Here, don't tell me there's. I'm first of all, I'm going to dismiss this right out of hand because there's no subtext to a knight's tale. Like all they're doing, all right, is that so in a knight's tale, which is in the past. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes. In the title sequence, there's people singing and dancing to We Will Rock You, sure. who live in the past. Okay. And then later on the scene, in the, in the scene where they do the dance, the dance of Gelderland, they <laughs> eventually are seen dancing to Golden Years. Yes. And William is uh, lip syncing along with uh-huh. the song. Um, so, it's established that these songs existed in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so, they are actual bard songs that were then covered later on by Queen. Brian May, and then Golden Years by David Bowie. That's all. Uh huh. That's uh, that's, so it's a, not, that's a great that's a great theory. Reddit. <laughs> God, I wouldn't even wipe my butt with the paper that was printed on. <laughs> well, it wasn't printed, thankfully. Thank God. Just on bits. Yes, because you know, if there's one thing that you know, medieval Europeans want, are you know, girls who look like Shannon Sossaman, you know, having noble. <laughs> Having, you know, having noble uh, stature uh, in uh, in Europe. 
Yeah, I'm sure they were all for it. I'm sure they were. Oh, uh, yeah, I think even Rufus Sewell being a prince is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> Getting there. Getting there. All right, well, anyway, the, the main the thrust of the OT I wanted to share with you tonight was just... I was trying to come up with a way that I could share my views on economic reform without being overbearing and with while appealing to a broad audience. Okay. So, especially people, conspiracy-minded people, who don't want to use things like Alexa or other voice command solutions. Like myself, I don't really want to have a listening device in my house. I don't need to use my voice to do those things. Right. Now, but here's the frustrating part. Quite literally, since I was a child, we've been waiting for this technology to occur, right? Like, since Star Trek, computer. Yeah. Give me this. Right. Right? Which is why it's so appealing to a lot of people. Absolutely. But this is why unregulated capitalism sucks. Because we have functional, usable voice command technology, which is something we've wanted for as long as I can remember. Sure. But to use it right now, as it stands, you have to give up something of yourself because it's free, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it is... Essentially, you got to buy the device, but the service, I, I don't know, some have subscriptions, some don't, but it's essentially that part of it is free, the okay. command part. Uh-huh. And you essentially have to sign up for corporate surveillance to use this technology. Now, I think there are a lot of people who would probably get really into the theories we were spouting just a few moments ago that oh, would probably be against. There are, there are pages and pages and pages on the internet about how Google and Amazon are absolutely spying on you. Well, they're for sure collaborating with law enforcement. So one way or the other, like if you want to have, I mean, I'm not a criminal. I'm not worried about the things I discussed in my house being recorded now. But a lot of people are much more paranoid about their interactions with potential government and figures of authority. So as an individual, an entrepreneur myself with some technical talent and an understanding of how that technology works, because I've actually been working on it since the voice box days, I would like to start a paid subscription voice command service, right? So here's an app. It costs this much money. It's, there's a monthly fee, whatever. We It's encrypted end-to-end. We'll never sell your data. We don't even have access to it. It just does the interface calls. It doesn't do anything else, right? right? I'm not going to serve you ads, but you're going to pay me, yeah. right? That would, I think, be a popular solution for a large portion of the population. Right. But that's an impossible statement. I cannot do that. No. You say, well, why can't you do it, Ty? Well, because... The, contr- the people that control those those voice command technologies also control the marketplaces in which those voice command technologies are available and know how they function. So I can't post my voice command app to the Apple store because Apple would never let me do that. No. They would never allow me, the SDK, to actually let my voice command technology execute commands on their phone. Right. Neither would Google <laughs> and neither would Amazon. Sure. So it's impossible for me to start a firm to create a product that I believe there is demand for right now today that is it's quite literally impossible. Even with some of the most intense VC backing I could find, I would v- find it very hard to start this company. And if I could get it off the ground, it would almost certainly be purchased by an equity firm where my VCs sold out for their their, their equity gain, and then my company would be swallowed up and and. And they torpedoed. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. Anything that was good about my technology that was better than theirs would be swallowed up and, and integrated into their tech, and I'd never have an opportunity. To bring it I to mean, life. that was. I mean, that's the that's the power of that that big computing backend, right? Right. That's they the, control the content and the interface. Right. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. The, and the unregulated te- capitalism. Right. And that's and and yes, I mean, technology has been moving that way. And that I mean, that that this war has been being fought for a long time. Like Microsoft has won some of these battles, lost a lot of these battles. Well, it's funny you say that because Microsoft got sued 20 years ago 
just for controlling the interface alone. Right. Like just limiting competitors' access to the ability to present to you web content was enough for the Justice Department to sue them and win a case against, win a judgment against them. Right. Twenty years later, we're like, eh, do whatever the fuck you want. We're not going <laughs> to stop you. And I mean, look, there, regardless of your political leanings, you should not be for this type of situation where it's impossible for me to start a business that there is demand for because the players in the industry are simply too large for any individual or even a, a well-backed individual or, or, or a, a consortium of rich people to overcome. Yeah. Well, the, the big technology companies aren't so specific anymore, right? They've right. Been, they've, been, they've, been, they've been swallowing up ground left and right to like and of course getting each other's way competing with each other on, on the edges of these things right amazon does shopping google does internet searching but then they sort of butt heads here in the sort of um home space with with appliances that voice controlled appliances that serve you music and information and those kinds of things they just happen to butt heads there right yeah so 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 if your if your company gets big enough in a certain way, like Microsoft, they got they got big by giving us you know by providing us operating systems on for PCs. But then, of course, they've tried to they tried to do phones, they failed. They tried to do other things, but you know this is their this is how it works. You have to be one of these big giant. You have to be one of these big giants in order to like compete in these 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 upcoming spaces. Or you find a, you have to find a space for yourself. Develop a technology that is so good that has a lot of heat behind it that one of these players will buy you. Right, and that's that's a bad system. And, <laughs> it's and, like yeah, and I don't I don't yeah, I, I hear I, I understand your perspective on that. I mean, but I don't know what else I don't I mean you know, technology technology's not cheap. Like the development Well it's never been regulated properly. Like it was never we never had a Congress that was capable of regulating these industries as they came of age. And I don't know how you I I'm not sure how you could have. I mean you know, I mean Who's to say that, you know, Amazon was selling stuff, right? Yeah. They had, and then they had all this excess computing capacity. Right. Because the power of the thing. So they said, hey, why don't we just sell the platform that we use to sell stuff to other people? They can use sure. the platform. And that, yes. AWS is their number one moneymaker. I mean, so again, an amazing idea. Like, sure. like somebody obviously made, obviously somebody made a hundred billion dollars. But it's not just this too. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's not just this. It's this whole attitude about deregulation in general that's been going on basically my entire life. And I mean, it's, you know, the baby bells thing happened, you know, Ma Bell, the baby bells, that was what, in the late 70s? Yeah, so late like 70s, right yeah. Early yeah, 80s. So right before I was born, really before Reaganomics, right? That's really what matters here. Yeah. And, and that uh, if you look at it now, essentially there's three phone providers again. Right. Like we're back to the where there's three national phone providers and that's all there is. Yeah, and that but that game uh, that game's obviously changed. Sure, but my point is that there's no resistance anymore in the government to maintaining a competitive industry in these large industries where they basically have thrown up their hands and said, like, "My point is simply that if you disagree on identity politics and everything else, you should agree that it is bad for competition for the marketplace for the individual for anyone who ever wants to actually become wealthy." You know, like I've talked before about how, I, you know, my wife and I were like in the, we're trapped in the, no, you have enough zone yeah. based on the tax bracket and the way that works. Right. Like, no, 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 not, not no independence for you. You must work forever. You can be comfortable, but you're just going to stay right there. Right. But my point is if your goal is to live the American dream of wealth where you don't have to work, then you should be for Elizabeth Warren as treasury secretary is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, you just have to find something new. You have to develop something new, which is a hard well, thing to, but, which is a hard thing to, 
Oh, yeah. My point is I could make a better thing that was more private, that was in demand, and would that I would charge for a reasonable price. Yeah. I still would. I wouldn't be able to bring it to market. It'd be impossible. Right. Well, you just have to crack a new market for yourself, which is the which is the which is obviously much more difficult. How did the Wayland Utani Corporation do it? <laughs> I don't know. That's a Nash. That's a multinational conglomerate. Because they seem to have figured it out. That that corporation seems to have figured out how to how to like be the end all be all of, of corporate. They probably exist already in China. We just don't know about it. <laughs> like that seems like a massive multinational merger, right? Between yeah. you, I don't know what Yutani is. Yeah. I guess. The, yeah, the Wayland Yutani. Doctor Yutani was the she she was the uh, she's she's you, you see her in some alien movies. Wayland is oh, is guy. I was Pierce. just trying to figure out the the, the and Yutani the, is the other, and you know, of course, they figured out you know planet Japanese. Ter- Yutani is Japanese, yeah. not Chinese. They uh, they they figured out planet terraforming, and then of course, you know, made a mint. <laughs> and go. they squeezed out all the other planet terraforming terraforming companies. They just crushed them right out. Well, speaking of that, I mean, after watching some of the stuff tonight and seeing. You know, a, a Marine whose wife was deported. It's like even in Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers, the Terran Federation, like service guaranteed citizenship. That service guaranteed citizenship. Would you? We l- can't even get that. We can't even get that right. Would you like to learn more? <laughs> all right. Well, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy and believing in objective science. If you don't already, please subscribe and a review via your favorite podcast provider. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace. I turned on Sesame Street. I said, oh, Sesame Street is much better because now he'll learn how to count and spell. But now I'm watching it as an adult and I realize Sesame Street teaches kids other things. It teaches kids how to judge people and label people. That's right. They got a character on there named Oscar. They treat this guy like shit the entire show. They judge him right in his face. Oscar, you are so mean. Isn't he, kids? Yeah, Oscar. You're a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. I'm the poorest motherfucker on Sesame Street. Nobody's helping me. Then you wonder why your kids grow up and step over homeless people. Get it together, Grouch. Get a job, Grouch. So don't even tell me how to get to Sesame Street. That is a terrible place. I wouldn't go there if I knew the way. Who would want to live in a neighborhood like that? Fucking six-foot pigeons walking around. An elephant that's a junkie. Hyper. Yeah, that's right, Snuffy. Hi, bird. I'm sick. I need some smack, bird. Then Cookie Monster with his eyes popping out his head, screaming, Cookie, 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 like, ugh. What kind of cookies are you talking about? Chocolate chips don't do that to people. And then they had the nerve to put a pimp on them. They didn't come out and say he's a pimp, but I know a pimp when I see one. They called him the Count. Had a cape and everything. You could have seen him pimping. Bitch, where is my money? You've been late four times. I've been counting. How many times must I smack you before you act right? One, two, two smacks. Oh, 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 oh.